Hello, this is Father Neil here and welcome to the September 3rd episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we're going to look at numbers 2035 through 2040 of the Catechism. 2035. The supreme degree of participation in the authority of Christ is ensured by the charism of infallibility. This infallibility extends as far as does the deposit of divine revelation. It also extends to all those elements of doctrine, including morals, without which the saving truths of the faith cannot be preserved or explained or observed. 2036. The authority of the magisterium extends also to the specific precepts of the natural law, because their observance demanded by the Creator is necessary for salvation. In recalling the prescriptions of the natural law, the magisterium of the Church exercises an essential part of its prophetic office of proclaiming to men what they truly are and reminding them of what they should be before God. 2037. The law of God is entrusted to the church, is taught to the faithful as the way of life and truth. The faithful therefore have the right to be instructed in the divine saving precepts that purify judgment and with grace heal wounded human reason. They have the duty of observing the constitutions and decrees conveyed by the legitimate authority of the church. Even if they concern disciplinary matters, these determinations call for docility and charity. 2038. In the work of teaching and applying Christian morality, the church needs the dedications of pastors, the knowledge of theologians, and the contribution of Christians and men of goodwill. Faith and the practice of the gospel provide each person with an experience of life in Christ, who enlightens him and makes him able to evaluate the divine and human realities according to the Spirit of God. Thus the Holy Spirit can use the humblest to enlighten the learned and those in the highest positions. 2039. Ministries should be exercised in a, free, in a spirit of fraternal service and dedication to the Church in the name of the Lord. At the same time, the conscience of each person should be confining itself to individualistic considerations in its moral judgments of the person's own acts. As far as possible, conscience should take account of the good of all, as expressed in the moral law, natural and revealed, and consequently in the law of the Church and in the authoritative teaching of the magisterium on moral questions. Personal conscience and reason should not be set in opposition to the moral law or the magisterium of the church. 2040. Thus, a truce filial spirit toward the church can develop among Christians. It is the normal flowering of the baptismal grace which has begotten us in the womb of the church and made us members of the body of Christ. In her motherly care, the Church grants as the mercy of God, which prevails over all sins and is especially at work in the sacrament of reconciliation. With a mother's foresight, she also lavishes on us day after day in her liturgy the nourishment of the Word of God and Eucharist of the Lord. Very well. So we look now at, the, um, at this uh, teaching of the Church. The Church also has an infallible teaching. Again, this infallibility is used on very, very few occasions.
Again, I think it's 70 years since the last time that the Pope taught infallibly. But that the Church does have this possibility of teaching infallibly. But even when the teaching isn't infallible, or it hasn't been defined as infallible, it's still very important. And Christians are obliged to follow what the Church teaches. That this is part of being Christian, it's part of being Catholic, is to follow what the Church teaches. It's not that everybody can decide what they want. It's not that you read the Bible and decide, well, I think it means this. I think that thou shalt not kill in this case means that I, uh, that I can kill somebody. Or if I beat him with a baseball bat until uh, within an inch of his life, that's fine, I didn't kill him. You know, that's not, uh, that's not what it's about. It's not about us deciding ourselves. It's about us being docile to those who are teaching in the church, to those who are authentically teaching. And really, this is the great, um, the greatness that we're called to, to have a church, to be members of a church that teaches. That it's, um, you know, there's plenty of other uh, things that we have to do. It's not that you, you just uh, check out and let the church decide everything for, for, for you. You know, I mean, there is uh, sometimes people will fall into this mistake of looking for a spiritual advisor and they'll, uh, you know, and they'll call and they'll say, uh, uh, Father, should I have Coke or Pepsi with my with my dinner tonight? I mean, it's not this. It's not, uh, you know, the Christian teaching isn't this. We need to reason. We need to decide. We need to discern. But within the teaching that is there, that the church has a very good teaching, a very ample teaching. And again, uh, we have to discern how to follow it ourselves, how to apply it ourselves, but the teaching itself doesn't change. And this is why we're called to use our conscience, to follow our conscience, but to follow our conscience on um, uh, in, in communion with the magisterium of the church. You know, it says personal conscience and reason should not be set in opposition to the moral law or the magisterium of the church. And this is very important. The teaching of the church is very important, is very true. Our conscience is vital, but they work together, not in opposition to each other. They work together to help us to see how do I live the teaching of the church in this situation. And uh, again, it's something beautiful, but this is why it's not a solo run. This is why it's not me doing it by myself, but is really me working inside the church. Each one of us has to work inside the church, inside this communion with other Christians and listening to the uh, authorities that are above us to, to treat them with respect and to listen to the magisterium. And so this is really uh, what we've been given, which is, which is fantastic. It's not an imposition. You know, it's not, not at all. You know, it's not something that harms you. Um, you know, it's if you're, uh, I don't know, if you're, um, uh, if you're on a ship and it's sinking and somebody says to you, get into the lifeboat, that's not an imposition. That's not somebody causing trouble. That's not uh, somehow or other going against your conscience. It's somebody saving your life. And this teaching is life-giving. The teaching of the church is life-giving and all of us are invited to, um, to find this life, to live in it, not to be afraid, but to see that uh, really that the, the Lord gives each one of us eternal life. He offers each one of us eternal life. 
and he wants to give us in the church the means to get there, the wherewithal to get there through grace, through teaching, through the help of the and the prayers of our brothers and sisters to bring each one of us to eternal life. So tomorrow we'll continue and tomorrow we'll look at 2041 through 2046. God bless.